0: Three, two,
1: one. You are now tuned in to Stay Dangerous.
0: We must join together and stand and fight for what's right for our children. Everyone must speak up and hold the line against this evil and say no. Our kids are off limits. One person who has been passionately outspoken on this is Chad Prather. The host of the Chad Prather Show on Blaze TV, Chad is a proud patriot, a comedian, a podcast and television host, a singer-songwriter, and a committed crusader in the war against wokeism, especially as it pertains to our children. And most importantly, he's my buddy, who never shows up for barbecues, but nonetheless, he's here in studio with us today.
2: What's up, man? How come you're barbecues? <laughs> a crusader against wokeism, I'm going to use that.
0: It is your crusader against wokeism, a crusader man. crusader
2: against wokeism.
0: I think you need a cape.
2: I need something. Uh, I'd step on it and fall down. Did you see that the UN is coming out with a new thing with AI to be able to monitor misinformation and disinformation and hate speech? And they're calling it intellectual pollution. That's another term that I ran across yesterday. So it's a matter of time before the United Nations determines what we're doing here today, intellectual pollution, and they start monitoring it using artificial intelligence.
0: Well, I'm sure the algorithm set towards a, 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 the scales are tipped on that.
2: <laughs> Literally, I can't put a single clip out. I've been, you, to, to your point, I have been putting a lot of reels out, clips, minute-long deals where I'm really calling out what's happening with the progressive Riri mob. I call them Riri's because that's what they sound like when they bark on Twitter. Uh, I've been really coming out against this stuff yeah. when they're targeting children, and I'll put these reels out, and I hate the platform TikTok But I've discovered that the Chinese do not like you talking about this topic because every video I put on TikTok at this point is getting banned. Right. And it's like I'm not saying anything violent. I'm not harassing anybody. It's no hate speech. So just the idea that we're even talking about this topic at this point is about to get really shut down.
0: Well, I mean, it it makes me disgust it, but we have to have meetings uh, at our staff of what what content we can post and can't post on Instagram. And I mean obviously we want to share truth but if it gets shut down so you have to be strategic about it and the fact that we were like I had they posted something the other day uh, <coughs> on my page and they used the word neo-nazi I had to go back and edit it out yeah uh, because that that word is gonna the word patriotism yeah. is gonna
2: it, you, it flags yeah it um, flags. I've got I've got a kid that works for me goes to Clemson University and um, he does a little bit of social media stuff I'll send him some ideas and I'll say okay See how you could punch this up. Maybe find a video that'll yeah. go with it, or something like that. And I have to correct him all the time, at least once a day, because I'm like, eh, that won't that won't fly. You can't, you know. We learned you can't post a picture of Hunter Biden wearing that red scarf and his sunglasses and his underwear and the blue jean jacket because that would immediately get you banned for thirty days if you posted that picture. Um, we're seeing um, words like what you're saying. I know that during the COVID stuff, you know. And I, I don't know at this stage in the game how comfortable you are using the word that we use to describe an injection that involves a universal medical procedure they were pushing <laughs> on everybody, but that word that yeah. starts with V was being shut down by everything. Yeah. And so we on my show we just called it the blah blah. People <laughs> just got used to calling it the blah blah because we knew we were going to get <laughs> get censored. shut down for saying it. Yeah. And you know, um, then you take then you take some extreme examples like my buddy Alex Stein, who's a nut. I mean, he was just dropped on his head or whatever when he goes out and trolls. <laughs> these city councils or WNBA NBA players or whatever. I mean, he's completely off of YouTube right. at this point. I don't know. Maybe they'll let him back. I don't know. But humor is gone. Hyperbole can't be used. There's no sarcasm. Uh, you, you can't joke around. There's, there's none of that. Well, you, you,
0: and, you were a comedian. and, and It's hard. I, I yeah. miss I miss comedy. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you say anything, uh, and one of the things I missed was the diversity in comedy. Like, I remember Ralphie May would talk about, like, Every race,
2: yeah.
0: Every every he talked about because he was he was huge. Yeah. And so he talked about fat people. He talked and and, and he everyone could get away with that
2: because he was pretty big. Yeah. But everyone loved <laughs> it.
0: Everyone and and like man, anything racial, anything political. Uh, I mean, you still got some out there that pushing the limits. Dave Chappelle doesn't care. Yeah, Chappelle does. He doesn't it. care.
2: Um, there's there's a few I could list that off, get away with it. And Bill Bill Burr does a good job of he it. He does. And, yeah. And there's a few of them that are out there. Um,
0: but they're the minority um, that get away with it. Yeah, uh, they almost like become untouchable. But if you get out there, I mean, they're they're well, what they're, since they're, they're canceling.
2: What but. I've said before, the cancel culture really popped on when it comes to comedy. There's a couple of observations. I think that what you came into the comedy game doing, you sort of got a pass. Like if you got big doing, say, insult comedy, then they'll right. still let you do that, right? Because ah, he came into the game before cancel culture. Doing it, guys that are lesser known like me, you know, I. I, I They tell me, they say you should be more careful. I'm like, I'm not gonna be careful because I have my audience. It's gonna be what it is. Right. I'm not gonna be some Netflix special guy. They would never let me go out there and do that. My you know, I went out to Hollywood. I was managed, I was I was represented in Hollywood by some really big people. I was a part of Lionsgate, Eric Tannenbaum and I wrote well, I wrote a sitcom and he loved it. He had two he was executive producer for two and a half men for eleven seasons, numerous other things. So We went out to Hollywood, and I was writing some stuff, and we were pitching sitcoms to the network, sitting in these executive meetings, and they immediately, they they just knew who I was. Yeah. And they were like, nah. We said, listen, Tim Allen right now with Last Man Standing was, at that time, he was killing it. Everybody, it was the biggest show, and they were trying to cancel that. And it was like, guys, it's not about blue. It's not about red. It's not about political party. It's about green. Let's make some money here. The audience is there. They're being neglected. Let's go do it. And so they really shut me down when I was trying to do anything in the mainstream. And I just realized, I read the handwriting on the wall early on. I said, this is not going to happen. So for me, I built a brand called Unapologetic Comedy. Mm -hmm. We're not going to apologize for tweets that were made 10 years ago. We're not going to apologize for what gets said on stage. I warn everybody right up front, I say, I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, male, female, fat, skinny, you identify as he, she, they, them, je, whatever you are. If you're trans, we're going to make fun of you, period. Just We're going to make fun of everybody. If I'm going to spend 80% of the time with self-deprecating humor making fun of myself, then you're free game, too. You walked in the room. And what I try to remind people, I say there's two places in America where when you walk in the door, you should expect to be a little bit offended and definitely stretched. One is the comedy room and the other is the church house. Yeah. Both have been watered down to the point where there's there's no real jokes anymore. There's no, I mean, ridicule is in the job description when yeah. it comes to comedy. Yeah. And we should be promoting conviction when it comes to what's preached from the pulpits, but they, they yeah. don't want to do that anymore.
0: The gospel, the gospel is offensive. Folks I got a shout out for our new awesome sponsor Midas Gold Group. These guys are the real deal a family business in precious metals for two generations run by Marine Corps veterans who are all about supporting veteran causes and putting America first. But the best part they know that true financial freedom comes from owning private currency like gold and silver. If you're feeling a bit worried about the unknown and want to secure finances look no further than Midas Gold Group. With all the crazy stuff happening these days, it's smart to be prepared. If you don't know, our financial data is stored electronically, from bank deposits to retirement accounts, and let's face it, our digital grid isn't exactly invincible. That's where owning gold and silver can save the day, and it's becoming a seriously compelling option. Now here's the scoop. Inflation is nibbling away at your dollar's buying power, and major players like Russia, China, India, and Saudi Arabia are making moves to trade oil in different currencies. This could shake things up big time as the dollar's stability depends on being the world's trade currency. The central bank digital currency is virtually already here with patents filed and big banks making plans. And Midas Gold Group sees potentially sketchy implications here. Will it mean the end of cold, hard-earned cash? Is it tied to social credit scores? Storing all our financial info in digital ledgers sounds pretty risky, doesn't it? That's why you can count on Midas Gold Group They're here to lend a helping hand. They've got competitive pricing, top-notch service, and lightning-fast deliveries all across the United States and Canada. And get this, they could even show you how to use your IRA and old retirement plan to own physical gold and silver without getting hit by any additional tax implications. So listen up, folks. When it comes to precious metals, Midas Gold Group is the real deal and the only one I trust. Give them a ring at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855 322 4653, or hit up their website at MIDASGoldGroup.com. That's MIDASGoldGroup.com. They're all about giving friendly, no pressure advice on precious metals. And guess what? If you drop my name, Chad Robichill, they're throwing in some free silver with any qualifying account. You can't beat that, right? So don't wait around. Secure your financial future with Midas Gold Group. Swing by MidasGoldGroup.com or dial 855-322-4653. And make sure you mention Chad Show sent you. Trust me, you'll be glad you did.
2: The American church, that. and we could talk about that forever, and, and I mean, you're no stranger to the to the ills and the woes that are there, but it's been so commercialized, and, and people are so disenfranchised, they come in, sit on the back row, they make sure the coffee in the lobby is good, the air conditioner is set properly, and the fountains are running out in the parking lot and all that, you know, for the aesthetics, and as long as the preacher doesn't step on anybody's toes, and he says everything yeah. that makes you feel good, and mentions Jesus at the end, and hopes you, you know, not only give your life to Christ, but add your 10% weekly, that, yeah, that kind of deal is basically, it's, it's a motivational um, uh, method that everybody's bought into when it comes to that. But no, when it comes to comedy, I, I just say, listen, uh, I, and I still, 10 years into doing that job, I, I still don't think of myself as a comedian. I'm not a joke teller as much as a storyteller. Yeah. I just know how to make descriptive, funny stories, and I've built an audience doing that. So... Uh, you know in 2015 people said uh, people said Chad don't get into political comedy I said I'll never get into political <laughs> comedy and then it was like Hillary Clinton was running and Donald Trump, who I didn't understand at all at the time. Which is was funny. Was running. It, it was funny because I was like, <laughs> I did a video. I said, it's like trying to figure out, picking a candidate, it's like figuring out which venereal disease you're most okay living with for the next four to eight years. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't understand them. I know that when I went into the voting booth, there was a box that said Hillary Clinton and another box that said not Hillary Clinton. And that's the one I checked. And I didn't know we were gonna just upend the world with uh, orange man bad. But I said I was never going to get going to get into political comedy, and then it was like, man, Washington D.C. and our governments are writing all of these jokes. I might as well tell them. And yeah. now, you, you there's no comedian out there that can avoid the politics. They, they all are into it now yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Because the, everything's political.
0: Every, they make every topic political. Everything.
2: And, uh, I mean, and, and you look not, at the uh, UN's going to start using AI to control our speech. I mean, uh, that's going to certainly affect comedians. Yeah. They, they, if they're not political now, they're going to get.
0: They're going to have to be because yeah. you're talking about, you know, I mean, yeah. people that are conservative or not, they, they, they live and enjoy the freedoms that are in the Constitution. Yeah. So I mean, you could say you're not a constitutionalist, you know, like <laughs> you enjoy those freedoms every single day. And when they start getting taken away from you, you're going to become political.
2: Well, it's like saying I'm going to go to prison, but I'm not into gay sex. Yeah. Well, it's about to get into you. I mean, like, I, it's like it doesn't matter if you're for it or against yeah. it. It's coming for it's, you at yeah. this point in time. So uh, I know your audience loves me now, oh, but you, I'm you. just saying I did. I did that, that it's it's going to affect everybody. And they're getting bolder with it. They're getting more and more uh, uh, just aggressive with everything, man. I come yeah. in here and I look at you guys. I feel like I should, we should be hiding from something. Y'all are all in military drab green. <laughs> we did, we, just, wearing, we just, y'all yeah, we wearing didn't, Ma- Coincidentally, we didn't coordinate. Yeah, we y'all didn't are wearing coordinate. My- Everybody in the room is. I think yeah. it's an unspoken rule around the studio. We yeah, got the Mighty Oaks hat. I'm wearing Ole Miss. I don't even know why. I went and did a show in Biloxi, Mississippi yeah. two weeks ago. Came back with an Ole Miss hat. I played baseball at Georgia. I don't even well, know. Who I, I think that was anymore.
0: McDonald's. I've seen <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I dress like a dad that came from a little
2: league game. I love it. The, uh, but I love what you guys are doing here, man. I tell you. And, and the fact that people like you guys are, are willing to stand up, take your platform and say, listen, um, we're unwavering in our faith. We're unwavering in our conviction. And we're going to continue to put these things out there. And then allow people the platform to, to say the things as well. It's not, it's not a popular place to be these days. No,
0: but it's important. I mean, one of the things I challenge people when I get to speak at a lot of churches, I'm like, these important issues. And we have to speak up. And you talked about the church earlier. And, and look, uh, a lot of people are like shaking their fists at the mainstream media. They're mad at the left and, uh, and you know, these woke liberals on the, on the left. But as a Christian, as a, as a patriot, who I think is really at fault is not those people. I, I think it's the church in America yeah. and, and the pastors that don't have the courage to stand on that pulpit every Sunday and speak the truth because they're worried about their numbers and their congregation, who's going to lead their congregation. And so who I blame most for that, is people in the church that won't speak the truth, yeah. people in the communities that won't speak the truth. And so if I really believe that and preach that, then I'm going to use the platform that God's given me and every opportunity that God's given me to speak to, uh, to talk about these, these important yeah. truths and, uh, and expose, shed light on these things. And um, you know, we have the ability to have a show like this and bring on amazing people like you that are willing to have the courage. And that's what the Stay Danger show's about. is, about people who are continuing to do important things
2: yeah.
0: uh, and make an impact in the world. And I think one of the most important things we can do right now in this culture is, is speak.
2: Well, I, I spoke to a group of several hundred folks on Tuesday, uh, this past Tuesday, and um, I was reminded, you know, and I love the name "Stay Dangerous" because people think, oh, well, you know, our buddy Tim Kennedy, he's going to go to the sedan, he's going to, you know, yeah. rescue all these people. That's dangerous. You're going to go, yeah. you know, to Afghanistan. You're going to rescue all these people. That's dangerous. But I, what I encourage people to do is, I said, here's our problem. Here's what we've gotten to. And I was speaking to a, a, a mm-hmm. couple of hundred uh, Jewish conservatives, and I kept quoting the New Testament to them, so. <laughs> ultimate troll, but the principles they couldn't deny, (laughs) so I just kept saying, and I was doing it in, 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 you know, with all sincerity, but I said, listen, our problem is this. I said, there's, regardless of what your faith is, you can't deny that in the first century, a group of men who followed a person claiming to be the Christ turned the entire known world upside down within the space of about 50 years. I said, now, they did it without a telephone, telethon, or television. They did it with teleperson, Mm -hmm. and There's a verse in the New Testament that says that they love not their life even unto death. I said, the problem is we love our life too much. Mm -hmm. These days, we're not willing to stay dangerous because we love our first world. I mean, the biggest problems we have is whether somebody mispronounced us. Right, right. Yeah. So, or misidentified. You lose lose our mind over it, right? Yeah. You know, it's ma'am, uh, and and <laughs> you he, know, it's the air conditioner. The, the, he,
0: the he-man looking. <laughs> yeah,
2: good, yeah. Like, exactly. It's ma'am, yeah. Exactly. And whether or not the you know <laughs> the, the we man. we complain. We're still. I, I went to dinner last night, and we're still complaining about the fact that the power went out for an hour last week here yeah. in our area. And so those are our issues. People are so in love with their conveniences. We're in love with all of these things that have made our life the way they are. Now I. You know, I spent 20 years in third world countries. I was doing medical missions. I was doing discipleship training with people. I met my first wife in Nigeria. Went all the way to West Africa to meet a white girl from Alabama. You know, it, like, that's extreme right there. That's it. But I, I did, you know, I did all of these things and I saw what the world was about. Right. I went into places I probably shouldn't have gone. You know, I spent, you know, five years in and out of Nigeria. I can't imagine going to Nigeria now. That's your kind of stuff. (laughs) You know, but it was dangerous then. Yeah. it's And so, you know, I I look at it and I'm like, what I encourage people to do is I say, listen, you can be considered dangerous and do the dangerous work. And when I say that, it's good. Just using your words and using your stance for what you're doing. You don't don't have to go into these foreign lands. You don't have to. No. You know, you don't have to put on a kit and go out there and say, Speak up, a up gun. for what's you right. Speak up for what's right. That's yeah. the most dangerous thing these days.
1: It is. It really is. Well, see, yeah. We need more people that are willing to do that. You know, and I know you, Chad, are so familiar with this. You you speak out against anything that, that's uh, contrary to what, you know, yeah. mainstream media tells you and you're called a bigot, you know, and and, yeah. and you're you're basically hated <laughs> when really it's it's what makes you speak out is actually a sense of compassion and Mm -hmm. love for what's going on in the world, for our, for our future generation, for our nation, and even for the people who are struggling with this ideology. And I think that's what is is so, so powerful is that, um, yes, we use humor, humor. Yes. We use, you know, um, some, some, uh, passion, 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 you know, absolutely. (laughs) But but it's all done with such compassion and love and, and people, you know, Call it hate, and it's actually the opposite. Well, I love it when
2: you, when you call out these ideologies and narratives and these things that are being driven by mm-hmm. confusion and ultimately lead to, ca- lead to chaos and destruction. We're seeing that you know we just went through Pride Month and all of that stuff, and we saw all the parades, and that's getting more and more vociferous and vocal and people say, well, if you knew a gay person, it's like everybody knows a gay person, yeah,
0: we always have, we all have a gay it aunt
2: yeah dumb. I, I
0: have a gay aunt uncle Cheryl, we call her <laughs> uncle Cheryl.
2: And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like it's like if you knew a trans person. It's like I, listen everybody either has that in their family. Then you know yeah. people I mean yeah. I worked in Hollywood for 10 years for crying out loud. Trust me yeah. when I tell you. Uh we I've been in show business for so long. I promise you I'm I'm in touch with the community. Uh I mean I spent all of June trying to be gay just so I could fit in and it, it didn't work. It just doesn't take. But I but I was like It doesn't, suit you. It doesn't, it doesn't at does all, you, yeah. man. I don't dress right or nothing. Yeah. And I got too much body fat. But here's the thing. <laughs> They say that like you, if you knew people who were struggling with us. No, no, no. The people we know, we do know their struggle Mm -hmm. and we want to show compassion. And what you're pushing is not a normalization or an inclusion or even equality. You're pushing for control. Mm -hmm. And the thing they don't like to hear, and this is my message Mm -hmm. these days, is it's the activists that mess up the quote community. So BLM did not represent the black community. The no. only people that can save the black community are black males. Mm-hmm. And I say black conservative males of faith, but black males. Yeah. The only people who can truly represent women are not the third wave feminists. It's real women and not women parading or, right. or people parading as women. And right. We know that's happening. Well, the same with the gay community, right? These people who are out there really marginalizing and driving into a corner by saying, like they did in New York recently where they're, Saying we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. And then NBC comes out with an article that doubles down and says, "Oh, they've been saying that for years."
0: we, we know. We, we've been we,
2: saying that for years. We, and told we've been that, telling you. Yeah. And you've been saying no, they don't do that. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, ten uh, percent is not enough. Groom, groom, groom. I mean, they've been saying these things. Yeah. We've been telling you they're saying these things. And they, like, they, well,
0: we're we're being told that that was not true. Yeah. And you guys are hateful. And we have a clip of that because I wanted to show it. Because uh, this is this, to me, this is where things. Change and everybody should be able to come together on this. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children.
2: You know, you watch that, and I'm like, I call it the march of the triglycerides. If, would you see <laughs> that deal? <laughs> see, that's where the ridicule comes out. I have to do it. Uh, hey, so you're so mean. You claim to be a Christian, and you're so mean. Yeah, there's nothing meaner. There's, there's, nothing, mean. <laughs> there's
0: nothing meaner than saying you're coming for my children. <laughs> coming for my children. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. That's a whole other level of mean. At that point, yeah, you're going to so, get mean out of me.
2: But I look yeah. at that, and you know, the, the cry forever for generations was, "We want to be just like you." You can't pick a single person out of that video in that crowd and say, "Yeah, they're just like everybody else." No, you can't put on butterfly wings and, you know, fart glitter and then say, "I'm like everybody else." You can't do that. Uh, You're literally separating yourself out because, again, I go back to the point: you're not after equality; you're after control.
0: That's it. Yeah, this the 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 flag, the rainbow flag, and the, the trans agenda is not about equality. It's
2: not. I had someone recently, again, they call me a bigot, mm-hmm. like you say. They always come at me with the bigot thing. And I, and I say, okay, we, we had the American flag mm-hmm. thing at the Pride Day at the White House. That controversy, post-millennial, came out with the image of the two American flags and the pride flag hanging yeah. uh, vertically between it. And violates flag code. We know that, but just the the sheer dishonor of the American flag and what it represents, and the people who have shed blood and died, and and, and amongst Memorial
0: know. Day that just occurred. Yeah, Pride Month runs at the same time as PTSD Awareness Month. Right. Military units. By the way, I know the commanders of these units. They are not pushing this out. I was 82nd Airborne. I went down and spoke with the unit recently. They have they've suffered from six suicides in the <laughs> last few months. Wow. And then we went in and spoke, and they're they're hurting. There. It's PTSD Awareness Month, and and they're forced, but I don't know where they're forced from, to uh, put out on social media their logo in, in, uh, uh, wrapped in rainbow mm. and, uh, and, and celebrating Pride Month. Meanwhile, Memorial Day, PTSD Awareness Month, those things are getting pushed aside and, and it's celebrated at the highest levels of the White House. I mean, and you did a monologue on this. I want to play Not You and Sarah was going through this, but yeah. what happened on the White House lawn, to me, it doesn't matter what political camp you, you sit in. No. As an American, you should... This is not okay. This is, this is transgender people in the, in the White House lawn showing their fake breasts yeah. and, the, and their uh, scars from when they had their breasts removed. They're <laughs> parading around naked in the White House lawn. They're, uh, and they're flat, flying their flag on par with the United States flag and misleading everyone in trans and gay community, by the way, because that flag, the American flag, I mean, the, the red, white, and blue flag, yeah. that's what represents their it freedom. It represents... That's what represents the freedom to be out here doing these things, not the rainbow flag. Yeah. The rainbow flag doesn't represent any well, flag
2: Again, my, my, my apparel company, you know, I've got a couple of different ones of those. And, of course, we've got, like everybody else, a deal that mm-hmm. says this is my pride flag, and it's yeah. got the red, white, and blue. And, and then, you know, and it, it, somebody commented under there, and they put a yeah. rainbow flag, and they said bigot. And I said, okay, show me where on your flag I'm represented. Yeah. And they said, you're not. This is not about you. I said, so you're the bigot. Right. Because the American the one flag I'm represents them. Me. Yeah.
0: The American flag represents them. Yeah. It does. I this-
2: said, and you can't, you know, the, um, you know, a little pop culture here. I don't know this kid's name, but the uh, lead singer for Greta von Fleek, uh, he came out last weekend or two weeks ago and he said he admitted that he's been in a same sex relationship for the last eight years. He said that, which nobody was shocked. <laughs> I,
0: was that, like, I'm, I mean, it's like, okay.
2: Know, yeah. um, nobody cared. <laughs> But he said, and this is where it gets real weird, it, because this is the connection they make, and it's a, it's a bad mm-hmm. connection. He said, well, I'm a resident of Tennessee, and Tennessee, I'm, I'm going to speak out against their anti-LGB legislation that they've done. Well, the only legislation that's been passed in Tennessee was you can't go out and perform a drag show or strip tease or anything like that with a, ch- with a child in their yeah. audience.
0: How's that anti-LGB? That's not
2: L- it d- didn't change the fact that you can get married, you can be a civil union, you can get each other's insurance, you can, you know...
0: Sleep write each you other
2: in the will. You can do whatever you want to yeah. do. Lock the door and have fun, but whatever. That has nothing to do with that. The fact that they're making that connection, that's a weird connection, and they're doing it. It's, it's, it's intentional. It is. Yeah. It is, and it's all about, ultimately, it's about language. Because mm-hmm. I try to tell people, I say, listen, I'm not really a political guy. I am, but I'm not. I'm a culture guy. And, and we know politics runs downstream from culture, as the late Andrew Breitbart said, but I'm a culture guy because if you can control, if you if you look at how language is handled, it changes how society operates. It changes how. So if you can say, well, they're not, you know, it's not mutilation; it's gender-affirming health care. Right. They change all of that. Um, if they can say, again, I could go down a list of those. You get it. But uh, when when we're when we painting, like, let's say all of a sudden I said, hey, we're going to set up a union of of dog kickers. We we don't like dogs. Mm-hmm. We're just going to kick dogs. And if we see your dog, we're going to kick your dog. We do chants out in the street. Yeah. We're going to kick your dog. We're here. We're going to kick your dog. They would, they would crucify us, first yeah. of all. And we're, like, we're not really going to kick your dog. Right. It's just a fun chant, you know? And so if you did that, but, but the fact that they mix in children, somehow they found a weird way to justify that mm-hmm. and say, we're just joking. We're just joking. I don't think you are. It's not yeah. A joke. And if you hear the testimony of so many people who are Well, the evidence
0: suggests they're joking when no. they're I mean, no. when they're if you at our, at our the libraries, libraries and schools. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the, the thing evidence. If you
1: look at the pioneers of this movement, they're all like pedophile sympathizers.
0: You look or, at, have been, or have been or a,
2: have been sexually assaulted as children themselves. Yes, well, they're they're all,
0: they're all <clears> men, too. They, you don't see women out there dressed like men doing yeah. drag show parades. It's all men yeah. dressed like women doing it. It's, yeah. It's well,
2: let's and, and I, I talked about this on my show recently where I said, okay, it's, it's, everybody goes through a struggle, right? Um, you know, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, if a girl, young girl, 17, 18 years old, she gets pregnant, what happens? There's a shotgun wedding. They we got to get married because we got to, got to save her face, her name, her shame. You know, we got to keep her from all of that, protect her honor. She got pregnant, she'd be down lover's lane, her and her boyfriend, boom, there. now they're going to get married. These days, they're not getting married really anymore, but they, it's been a great trend over the last decade, young girls who do get pregnant out of wedlock at least are choosing to have their baby, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so unfortunate circumstance, it's out of, out of the way things should be in terms of the pattern, uh, but at least they're having the baby. So right. that's, that's a positive. And so these days a girl gets pregnant out of wedlock and we go, wow, oh, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, it happened. There are people out there who struggled in past generations to come out of the closet. And they said, Oh, our family's gonna disown us. We're gonna be ostracized from society. We may lose our jobs. We may lose. That's simply not the reality anymore. No. You come out of the closet, and most people are like I said about the Greta Von Fleet guys, like, we mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. We sort of suspected it. And ultimately, we didn't care, right? Um, we, we care about any lifestyle that ultimately leads to um, disobedience from God's will for your yeah. life. We care on, in that regard. Mm. But... I can't condemn you for homosexual sex any more than I can condemn you somebody, you know, I've got to condemn somebody for heterosexual fornication, right? Right, it's right. The deal. Sure.
0: Sense sense. It's,
2: sense exactly. Right? It's it's a deal. Long you long, still are breaking yes. the heart of God. And so, you know, when you do, when you deal with stuff like this, it's like, listen, guys, we're not coming at you. We recognize that we're all fa- failing, frail, faulty people. We're right. sinners in the eyes of God, right? And, and even the righteous things we do, as Paul says, are filthy rags. Yeah. We get that. What we're saying is, hey, listen, we can deal with that. If you, if you want to talk about, hey, getting the, the pattern for your life sorted out, that's one thing. But that's not the topic we're on right now. What no. we're talking about is you guys are actually, you, you, you guys have come out and you're really poking the bear. Uh, it's full indoctrination. We, we, and you're trying to... Again, you're, you're trying to... Now, Kathy Hochul, who's the governor of New York, has just passed legislation saying mm-hmm. that uh, they are a sanctuary state for gender transitions in children.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's problematic, especially when you consider the last step in the downfall of every great civilization throughout history has been sexual deviancy. That's sure. the last step. And here we are, normalizing this stuff.
0: You know, one of the things that... that uh... I don't think a lot of people have talked about in this is if, if, you, if you have a 16-year-old boy and he goes to his doctor and says, hey, I, I do not have any puberty yet. Yep. My voice hasn't changed yet. I feel weak. I don't have the mask. I go into locker room. I don't have hair on my yeah. genitals so I, I'm embarrassed. Right? I, can I get some testosterone to get me past, yeah. get, get me move forward into puberty? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. If that same boy goes in and says, I feel like a girl, they're going to be quick to give <laughs> the estrogen blockers. If a girl goes yeah. in and says, you know, I, 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 I'm, I haven't developed my brush yet. Or, you know, I haven't started my menstrual cycle yet. Can you give me estrogen and help move this along? No, it's not going to happen. They're not going to mess with this kid's hormones. If you <coughs> want to be a boy, boom, they would do it right away. So it's, it, it's agended. Hey, guys, Chad Robichaux here. Are you ready to experience the greatest beef you'll ever taste while supporting an incredible cause? Well, get ready to sink your teeth into the irresistible beef from Skyro's Cattle Company. At Sky Rose Ranch, where Mighty Oaks Foundation holds our West Coast legacy programs, Wayne Hughes Jr., the founder of Sky Rose Cattle Company, has dedicated over a decade to perfecting the art of raising premium beef. And guess what? You can now enjoy the fruits of his labor right in the comfort of your own home with the absolute highest quality beef you can find, hands down. And trust me, I'm a carnivore and I've tasted plenty of steaks and nothing comes close to a Sky Rose Steak. These cattle are grass-fed and free of antibiotics, hormones, and vaccines. And for the last 10 years, I've personally watched these cattle graze 25,000 acres in Central Coast, California, and the taste is unbeatable. When you choose to purchase Sky Rose Beef, you're also making a difference by supporting the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Wayne is all about helping our deserving military and first responder communities through our faith-based resiliency and recovery programs. And every single penny, of your purchase goes directly towards assisting our nation's warriors. Let me reiterate this, because it's crazy. 100% of the proceeds of Sky Rose Cattle goes directly to Mighty Oaks Foundation to support our nation's warriors. So let's join forces and make a positive impact one delicious bite at a time and head over to cattleco.com. That's co.com today and order yourself some tender, juicy cuts of beef Trust me, your taste buds will thank you. And one more little insider secret, every warrior who goes through Mighty Oaks Legacy Program at Sky Rose will assure you that this beef is extraordinary and off the charts delicious. The very first thing our warriors get when they get to Mighty Oaks Programs on Sky Rose Ranch is a delicious Sky Rose steak hanging off the side of their plates with a Sky Rose brand on it. And our warriors love them and you will too.
2: It is. It's a great point because I, I, I made that point to somebody recently as a as a high school college athlete and then delved into some other stuff um, at a higher level with sports. When I was seventeen years old, I wanted to go get testosterone. I wanted I was like if I could find steroids and give me an extra boost and this is I'm fifty years old, so that was thirty something years ago. That's back before they tested everybody on yeah. that stuff. But nobody was gonna give me that. Yeah. Especially not your knocking. No, no. And the last listen. I joke about it. I say, you know, at this stage in the game, at our age, we start dealing with low T. All the dumb stuff I did in my life was on high T. So it's probably a good thing they didn't right. give me any more testosterone at <laughs> that age, uh, or I'd be doing yeah. the shotgun weddings. But uh, <laughs> you're exactly right. And it's a fantastic point that people just don't even look at.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. I, uh, I think it's wild that, you know, we all love our children and yeah. we all want our children to have what, what they, you know, what they desire. But But there's things that we see that a child may want that's harm, harmful for him. So I've heard this.
0: I, I thought this, I was Han Solo at that age. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, right, my a 10, 10 10 fly. Years old. I'm not going to yeah. let him jump
1: off the house with fake wings. You know, yeah. so, yeah. but but I've heard this argument of like this, oh, it's unconstitutional to remove the right for them to be able to make that decision. Well, a child can't consent. Like no. legally, a child can't consent. So that means, so what? You're leaving the parent to consent for
0: this child? He can't vote. He can't buy alcohol. He can't buy can, a gun. That's he can't right. buy cigarettes. Yeah. But he can, but he could. Changes gender. Cut cut off, you know? I was on Facebook yesterday.
2: I was on Facebook yesterday. I moved down to this area a year ago, so I'm still getting acclimated with the area. And, you know, we are all we all have our tattoos and we have stuff like that. And I was talking to people about various ink parlors in yeah. the area, right? And I went on one page's um, Facebook, uh, Facebook page, one company's Facebook page, and they were actually having a little bitter back and forth feud with somebody who tried to come in and get their underage kid tattooed. And they really raised the stink. Well, it's they it's had permanent. Pull, <laughs> it, and they had to pull. They had to pull the security yeah. camera footage yeah. and show the whole thing because they really came at the person right. who was working there. Uh, and I was like, "Isn't that interesting?"
0: You wouldn't want the kid to get anything permanent, right?
2: Right. You wouldn't. Want, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want them to lop anything off, or you know, puberty blockers. But you know, ideologically, mm-hmm. they have to start younger and younger. Because they have to they have to make that change before those kids get older and actually hit puberty and those desires start kicking in. Because, you know, well over 80% of kids who say they identify as transgender change their mind by the time they're 18. For sure. Um, yeah. and, and even more so as they get older. We know that it's a dangerous lifestyle. 42% of those who do transition commit suicide. Um, and uh, you, of all people, you guys know about suicide statistics yeah. in different walks of life, whether it's military, veterans. Um, and and you know and we're looking at this. And it is, are it is the these Statistics. It's like no people are literally killing themselves. It is the
0: crisis in our country right now that no one talks about. There's yeah. never been. A, I mean, I talk about veteran suicide all the time, which is the highest it's been. But there's never been a time in our country across every. Uh, demographic Everything. that that suicide has never been higher in, in our com- I mean, country. I'm right a now.
2: white heterosexual Christian male, dude. Yeah. I think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I mean,
2: listen, dude. Yeah. I, I've dealt with depression. I, I'm very outspoken about my own anxiety and yeah. depression over the years, and I was like, I've had to deal with this in my yeah. own life, and it's like, and I've lived a relatively comfortable life, you yeah. know, other than being broke every now and then. I'm like, <laughs> I've been reasonably comfortable life, and and I'm and I'm looking at it. I can't imagine throwing all of that other stuff in the mix. Confusing your hormones and you know, I go, I, may, I make jokes about it. I'll go get those testosterone pellets, man, and I'm a new man. Yeah. Like, I'm brand new. <laughs> Load me up, doc. 50 years old, come on, I feel 25 again. I'm in my fifth midlife crisis. I, I love this. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go buy a Corvette. Um, this is, and it, it, it's like hormones are powerful things. For sure. If you're gonna ask a kid, it's like handing a, 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 an automatic weapon to a kid and saying, here you go. is not responsible enough to handle it. And, and you know,
0: obviously there's an agenda. There's a, there's a certain group pushing it, but what bugs me the most is these parents, and you get these parents that oh, yeah. I think are either one mentally ill or they're just evil that that'll come and Jordan Peterson was talking about this. It's like that is one mom saying, yeah, she has three kids, and uh, and they're all different. I didn't know the types of you know yeah. one one's transgender, one of them's whatever this, fluid, gender, but all three of her kids. The and math, the mathematical impossibility of that happening, yeah. it's just not possible. All you three of your kids were not born that way. Then what's more likely is that you're <coughs> a, a, a sociopath that wants to exploit your kids. You've literally you know, groomed your yeah. child yeah.
2: into that. And, and it's very prevalent in Hollywood, especially when these people who are has-been actors and they start popping off. And they're like, oh, well, I want to introduce you to my... You know, my non-binary daughter and my lesbian daughter and then my, you know, transgender you're, son. You're and inflicting a mental illness on your You kids. really are. It's yeah. Munchausen's, uh, you know, syndrome by proxy. Yeah. And they're doing that. Here's my, here's my thought. Here's my mm-hmm. opinion on that. We have so much privilege, and I hate that word. We have so much privilege in this world, in America, mm-hmm. I we should do. say, in we our do. world, yeah. in America.
0: A blessing and that, a curse.
2: That, that we need to feel oppressed by something. Mm-hmm. Again, we're like, oh... Uh, I mean, our, our homeless people are obese. By and large, even, even uh, you know, those of yeah. African-American, black you know, race, still living a pretty good life in America. Um, there, yes, there's poverty. I'm not marginalizing that and saying it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. But we especially have gotten so privileged and so blessed, really, that we need to find an oppression. We yes. need to find something that helps us victimize. And what that does is that helps with your so-called white guilt. Now, I don't deal with white guilt. You don't deal with white guilt. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there who do because they've been told to. Yeah. And so rather than deal with the white guilt, <laughs> is they say, no, 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 I'm marginalized too. Yeah. And i got to come up with something. And so yeah. what they do is they come up with a gender ideology. And then you'll see it on any, every post you make on this topic. They say, Oh, well, you just don't know what we've been through. You don't know what so-and-so is going through or anything like that. It's like, yeah, well, I know they have. They're pretty blessed. I mean, they've come up with a pretty wild ideology yeah. to make themselves victimized. So yeah, it's a weird thing, man. And, and we're, we're here. It's not going to go away. It's mm-hmm. going to get more and more vocal, especially as, uh, you know, again, this thing has been used ad nauseum. But you look at the Target and the Bud Light marketing campaign. Those guys did that without any fear of losing money. Uh, anheuser Bush mm-hmm. can lose $27 billion over a marketing campaign and they're like, we're going to be fine. And they are yeah. going to be fine because the big players that are out there behind them, whether it's BlackRock, Vanguard, whoever, they're going to make sure they're bailed out and their social score is perfectly fine.
0: I, I, want, I want to talk about that. Um, so but, uh, BlackRock, I, I was reading this. They uh, It's called, I'm looking at it right now. It's called the, uh, the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, DEI, which yeah. th- we could talk a lot about. What's the difference? That, that word equity, by the way, is intentionally in there. It's not equity doesn't mean equality. It's not equality. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that means I don't want equal. I want more. Yeah. Right, and you got to help. You gotta, <laughs> you're gonna help me get more. And uh, and then there's the uh, there's these ESG scores, which are the environmental, social, government, government scores. And, and so, BlackRock, which is worth ten trillion dollars, is uh, is is basically holding this money for companies hostage for them they get these scores that qualify them to have access to these funds. Yeah. And, uh, and you got the guy who runs all this thing, Larry, Larry Fink, who said, who said, basically, we have to control people. We have to use this money to control people, control the narrative, and we have a clip. I wanted to play this clip and, and, uh, and get your response to it. You, you now make a point of, that's, a, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are
1: gonna have to change, and this is one thing we're, gonna, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Uh, 54% of the incoming class are women. We we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it, if it, it's, you know what we're doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted, okay? We're doing the same thing. And so it's just it, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race, or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted.
0: There's consequences, right? If you don't, if you don't play along with this agenda and help yeah. us, help us force people there's gonna be consequences.
2: You, you speak publicly a lot. I speak publicly a lot. Sometimes I get emboldened to say things that maybe I shouldn't say. I yeah. get real fired up uh-huh. and I get real bold. And <laughs> I look back and I go, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Like I would love to ask Larry Fink, do you regret saying those words? But I don't think he does regret it. He doesn't. I think he that's does. the agenda.
0: I mean, I mean, that's the thing right now. Like Any rational person would look at Bud Light and say, how do you think that was a good idea? You know your customer base. <laughs> this isn't yeah. about ideology. This is about making money. That's why Bud Light's in business, to make, to make money. Target like you know your audience. You know people don't like this. You're you're losing money. Why do you keep moving? And, and the reason why that no one knows, and and I'm just under starting to understand it now, is that these ESG scores are more important than the than the income they get from their customers.
2: Yeah, yeah. because
0: of the access to these trillions of dollars and.
2: Well, Fink came out recently and he said that uh, they want to change the phrase ESG, so the uh that environmental social and governance score that they're doing. He said that's being misinterpreted a lot so we want to change that. So here we go back to playing with the words again. And and I tell people right up front, I said listen, you know, the, the what they said about John the Baptist, they John the Baptist said whenever Christ came, you know, he's going to make the he's going to bring the some highways down and some highways up, the low roads were gonna come up, the high- yeah. that's equity, right? Everybody right. gets to walk on an even deal if you're in Christ and, that, and that's equity. That's, that's everybody with the same fair shake opportunity. Mm. This is not what they're talking about at all. No. This is about the halves are gonna have more. It goes back to Klaus Schwab with the World Economic Forum saying you're gonna own nothing and be happy. Well, they're gonna own everything. You go to New York and you say, okay, they're going to shut down the brick oven pizzas places, which is what? It's like the last redeeming <laughs> quality of New York City uh, yeah. is brick oven pizza. If,
0: I would never go to New York, but if I would, I'd be only for, for it's a pizza it, and that's dude. it. the same with yeah.
2: Chicago. If I go to Chicago, I'm eating deep dish. If I go to New York, I've got my places in Manhattan where I'll go grab a slice of pizza. And they're wanting to do that. And they're wanting to get rid of, uh, you know, your gas stoves and these kind of things. Now, the elites will still get onto their private jets and fly to Switzerland and talk about the fragility of our climate, but <laughs> yeah. you can't order a large pepperoni. That to me is is hilarious at one point, yeah. but the hypocrisy of it's amazing. And we see it over and over again. I mean, uh, they start to call each other out. I love it when they start to eat their own. Like when they talk to Taylor Swift about uh, she had used her private jet more than anybody else. <laughs> Which, listen, Taylor, you earned it. If you want to fly it to McDonald's and get a burger, I don't care yeah, if you've got a spot to land it. <laughs> go go do it. I don't care. But I found it funny, and then she started coming out. She's like, oh, well, I loaned it out a lot. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. now you're justifying the whole thing. So when you got the Larry Thinks of the world saying we're going to control behavior, that's my and your behavior. That's not the that's Taylor Swift's. No. It's not the Leonardo DiCaprio's. It's not the Al Gore's of the world. Yeah. It's not the Jeff Bezos's of the world. They're going to control behavior. And, and again, in that safe space where he was in front of that audience, it sounded good to say that. It's like, okay, if people aren't going to start doing diversity, equity, and inclusion hires and operations, then we're going to force them to do it. And they're right. going to be penalized if they don't. So... Uh, my friend, Chris Wallen, he's a multi-platinum uh, songwriter. we were doing a deal with a record label right now in Nashville. He's written a ton of number one hits in, in Nashville for country music over the years. He got stuck in the airport in DFW Friday afternoon. He didn't get to leave the airport oh until God. Sunday afternoon. Until Sunday afternoon. He was there for 48 hours because it was one thing after another that was going wrong. And I was like, you know, when you got the airlines and all these guys that are continually focused on diversity hires, why don't we hire for competence? Why don't don't we hire for that? We're starting to see the results of what's going on. I mean, you're doing how many deployments? Eight deployments for you? Eight deployments for you. Not forgetting all the vigilante stuff you've done around the globe. <laughs> but how, do you want a diversity hire going with you?
0: No, I, w- mean, I want the best person possible. No. I don't care if they're green.
2: Yeah, I mean, you told uh, me your uh, criteria for taking a guy like Tim Kennedy with you, and it yeah. did not involve no. anything about his skin color or his education or anything else. It's no, like it's, he can he can afford to go it, and he knows how to take care, of, take care it, of people. You
0: want the best person for the job, yeah. right, when it comes down to it. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes the best person for the job is, yeah. you know... <laughs> person a white person (laughs) sometimes a black person sometimes it doesn't matter like it's the best person for the job none of that should matter less
2: yeah I could care less um the the idea that we're going to do that and by the way they did just come out uh, recently, they're passing laws now saying that colleges and universities, this is a win, can no longer use affirmative action in their accepting policies. So yeah. that just passed. They, they said they can no longer do that. So you can't consider a person's race whenever determining whether or not mm-hmm. they're going to get in. Our vice president, is Kamala Harris, is a product of affirmative action. She right. is completely incompetent. I mean, 100% yeah. Joe Biden, he said, well, it's going to be a female. It's going to be a person of color. We all knew it was going to be Kamala Harris. Kamala could not get over 1% of the vote or the, the support. In the polling, when it was the, the Democratic primary, she was the first person out. She's completely incompetent. She's high. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Right. She doesn't know what world she's living in right now. And so, uh,
0: that her and her counterpart, but, yeah but, yeah, but mean, you're, yeah, but to your point, yeah, he, she's
2: but, I mean, both of them are that way. And Joe is another one. He's not a diversity hire, but Joe was selected. He would just yeah. been in the country club long enough they finally made him chairman of the board. Right. And so, it just happened to be when he was 900 years old. Uh, but all of this stuff where we, we, we look at these guys and we're just excusing it. I mean, the stuff they say, the stuff that comes out of their mouth doesn't make sense. It needs an interpreter. Look at John Fetterman, uh, no, a, a no. guy who doesn't make any sense. But they, they're placing these people, and they know they can control them as puppets. Um, the diversity
0: I, of someone who's had a seizure and is brain dead. Yeah, I mean, it's, they literally <laughs> they didn't use feel that. that slot. Yeah.
2: You're an ableist if you make fun of that. You're an ableist. So here's yeah. a stroke victim who went out. You, I can't believe you'd make fun of somebody with a with a disability. <laughs> You don't know me. I, I'm <laughs> definitely going to make fun of you. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'm sorry. You, Especially if you senator. put yourself
0: as a U.S. senator. Yeah. <laughs> you're
2: supposed to be a statesman, yeah. and you can't put a sentence together. Yeah. Uh, it's abuse. I mean, I point all that stuff out. It really is on the part of his wife, and I say the same about Jill Biden and these other uh, Jill Biden, but yeah. we're being controlled by language. We're being controlled by these powers like Larry Fink out there, um, and I honestly, they sit back and laugh at us.
0: Oh, for sure. They sit back and laugh this, at us. Th- these- the global elitists and the Marxists have always done this. The, the people who are, who are they're using and they're manipulating to, to put them in power are, are the less fortunate people in our country. I yeah. mean, this is a, I mean, to me, the gay and trans community, they're being manipulated and used. 100%. They don't care about those people. The, 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 those, they don't care those about those Those elitists,
2: people. the cabal, yep. whatever you want to call yep. them, they don't care about gay people. They don't,
0: they don't care about the black people in the inner cities. They don't care about Not these people coming across the border. They're all being used uh, and... And they end up, once they have their power, then they're never gonna get back. They never get back to these communities.
2: Look at what's going on. and We're starting to see this play out.
0: Every day, more than 22 veterans take their lives. That's a devastating reality that we can no longer ignore. But what if I told you that number actually is much higher? According to a recent study, the actual number of veteran suicides could be double the federal estimates. That means 44 veterans could be lost to suicide every single day. Whether the number is 22, 44, or one, one is too many. But there's hope. Mighty Oaks Foundation provides a lifeline for veterans, first responders, and active duty communities struggling with PTSD, depression, and thoughts of suicide. Our non-clinical, faith-based, peer-to-peer programs focus on spiritual resiliency, providing our military and first responder communities to overcome their hardships of service and find a new life purpose. We know that the road to recovery isn't an easy one, but with the support of Mighty Oaks, our warriors can find the hope and healing they need to move forward. Visit programs.org. That's programs.org and learn how you can support our mission to end the epidemic of suicide in our military and first responders communities. Together, we can make a difference.
2: Look at what's going on. and We're starting to see this play out. Uh, more and more in front of us. So open borders, for instance, and by the way, politicians on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats believe in open borders. If you don't believe that, you're crazy. You need to go back and read an article from Forbes magazine. They wrote it in 2017. And when Trump was in office, and then they then they went back and they edited and re-released it in 2020 about how open borders helps the economy. In fact, if you go and you do a search open borders, economy, that Forbes article will come up. And the point of it is they said that they believe that an open border is going to cause an infusion of, and this is a number that doesn't exist, but they say an infusion of a hundred trillion dollars into the economy. There's no such thing as a hundred trillion dollars. No. Okay, that doesn't exist. But they say it's going to cause an infusion in the global economy of a hundred trillion dollars. They believe that. Well, the great economist, the late economist and great uh, Milton Friedman said, you can have an open border or you can have a welfare state. You can't have both. If you have both, it's going to collapse. The whole society is going to collapse in on itself. So when you have an open border and you have so many people, and notice that they're not really nobody's really talking about the border right now. Right now, I'm a part of an organization in Texas called Texans for Strong Borders. We're trying to push a lot of stuff out there because this is a problem that's not going to go away. Uh, we just had forty fighting age Egyptian males come across the border the other day. Yeah. They said it was a forty day journey. I don't know when a wormhole formed from Cairo to Juarez, but right. it happens.
0: And they didn't even look tired. No, they weren't tired. They were
2: refreshed, yeah. yeah. bathed, fresh I mean, shaved, yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. They were ready. Smel- happy. Smelled Smiling. like a
0: duty free cologne. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking Dude, about, right? Some of that bathroom <laughs> <doctor and> polo. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so they were ready to come in, and you know, and they said, "Well, I think we're going to go to Chicago <laughs> or New York. I mean, yeah. there's like just pick a place on the map. We're going." Yeah. Uh, so no, no women. No that, women. No women. No, no women. Yeah. What that does um, is it further impoverishes the urban community. Mm-hmm. It further hinders the black community in the urban environment of poverty from getting even further, because that pushes them even further mm-hmm. down. So you see what Eric Adams, who is the mayor of New York City, what he's doing, he's like, ah, we, we can't tolerate all of this. Yeah, we said we were a sanctuary city, but we, we, we can't do it. And right. so now he's using taxpayer funds to send them to other parts of New York. Right. And then he's building these huge asylum houses that will house like 500 people to put them in there. So the homeless are being displaced from their shelters. The blacks are being displaced from their urban communities. I mean, it may not be much, but it is their home. Mm-hmm. And so all of their subsidies that were helping keeping them just subsistence existence. Uh, is being taken away to be able to help people who are coming into this country because and what you're coming you, in by the millions.
0: You cannot have open borders and, and a welfare state. Can't the the two it. can't exist because you're
2: gonna Yeah Milton Freeman was right. <laughs> you, you, he was you, right. You it's can't gonna, can't collapse. Have gonna collapse. It'll yeah. collapse. But and that's again, not to make, go ahead. And I said Democrats, Republicans yeah. and it see Democrats want voters. They want ultimately they want voters. Republicans want cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And so they're happy to have an open border open border. Yeah. Because they get both of those.
0: Yeah. And and I think need the need the party, or or I mean, you were talking about the economy and the inability to sustain that. But what about national security? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, who is who is looking at our national security? We have, I mean, for me, uh, being in a, you know having the experience I have uh, to look at forty fighting age males, no women walk across that border freely.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, we don't know who these people yeah. are.
2: And I uh, can make jokes. We can make jokes. We can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. But that's a, that's a legitimate. It is. I mean, um, they're not coming. They're not coming in to assimilate and, and embrace the Constitution of the United States.
0: No, absolutely no. not. I mean, and uh, you know, to, if I'm a terrorist, uh, and I and I have been not a, not against our country, yeah, but I have been uh, I have been infiltrated in other countries. Yeah, I'm going to look for the weakest la- the weakest way to get in that country. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do a feasibility assessment study. I'm going to see what are the ways I could get into that country to complete my mission and do my job. And, yeah. and it says bad guys, bad actors on the other side looking at. And the southern borders, the answer.
2: It is. And, and you know, in 2022, we had 165 nations represented at the southern border. Mm-hmm. There were, there were Some people were apprehended. And, of course, the, pro, the people who protest what we have to say are going to say, yeah, they were apprehended. And I was like, yeah, but they, they didn't catch them all. No. <laughs> they didn't catch them all. I mean, there's, there's a couple of million that are in the wind, and they'll never come back. Yeah. And, you know, the federal government's useless. I've got friends that are in border patrol. They, they know how impotent it is. They've become a federalized, taxpayer-funded Uber ride over to a processing center where they get a, a court date two years out that they'll never return to and they, might they? run a quick little <laughs> check on them and boom they're gone i mean there's you know they throw female pant- girls panties on the rape tree and uh, those are like a trophy i mean these kids come across they got the wristbands on that talks about what cartel not only they belong to but how much money they still owe uh and you know there was one girl who they found i think she had like 67 samples of dna Inside of her body, when they did a rape test on her and and you know checked her blood and all these things, uh, it, it, this is a human rights violation. I mean, yeah. the, what we're having, and at our southern border, is something that is atrocious. Now, again, we already turn a blind eye to the pedophilia of Hollywood and the elites, as we've talked about. We we turn a blind eye to to the human well, trafficking that's did, happening.
0: Did, we, did you see that? Did it come out the who the offenders were? Oh, for, the, yeah. for the Epstein. Yeah. I mean, we, have, we yeah. got Maxine in, in jail, but where's well, the offenders? I just,
2: I just interviewed the two guys who tried to buy Jeffrey Epstein's ranch that was the Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. Okay. So we did a big expose after Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And we spent three, four days doing a, a special on my show talking about the things you didn't know about Jeffrey Epstein, right? Because there's a lot, of, he, this was a dude shrouded in mystery, and he was protected by the guys like this. Right. With all the money, Bill Gates was a huge donor yeah. to Jeffrey Epstein. He had a he had a Harvard lab named after him. Uh, this guy was not a scientist; he was a failed middle school substitute teacher. Uh, but he knew how to go in and and glad hand and and manipulate these rich elites and make. And he also knew how to trap them. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, get provocative yeah. pictures of them, and, and yeah, you know he owned them all. He owned them, <laughs> yeah. and so. He had he had a ranch, a 33,000-acre ranch with like the 17,000-square-foot house that was more like a prison because there really were no windows, and the windows were real small, and yeah. they still had bars over them. And it was only four bedrooms. Imagine having a 17,000, 18,000-square-foot house and only four bedrooms. There was like an underground deal. It was it was just a weird thing. But it was surrounded by the King family's ranch, and the King family there in New Mexico is kind of like the Kennedys in America. They are New Mexico's political elite, numerous you know, Supreme Court judges they, in New Mexico, uh, governors, all these different things. So if you imagine a donut, his ranch was the hole. You had to fly in just to get to that thing. So he was he was protected, encapsulated, you know, insulated, I should say, by this political elite in New Mexico. So these guys, they were trying to buy it and say, you can buy it for $18 million. I'm trying to get Glenn Beck to do it. I'm like, come on, Glenn. Let's let's buy Epstein's (laughs) ranch and you put all your artifacts out there and fly people in. It'd be weird, yeah, right in in the middle of right in the middle of of history. Yeah. So you look at that and you go, "Here's a guy who was so high up and and welcomed in circles." Jelaine Maxwell, whose father was a spy, Israeli spy, and he they murdered him. They made it look like a suicide. He fell off his boat. Um, And Jelaine's in prison. They do all of this stuff. Someone out there in our government, in our Justice Department. Has the list of people? What's she in prison for? She's in prison for solicitation. But, it, it, to who? For, like, it, exactly it, to who? It, How do you go in prison for solicitation without somebody that has to be a client? Without a solicitee, <laughs> there's yeah, got to be yeah, somebody. Yeah. And there's a list of them. I and mean, we can speculate all the Hollywood people and all this kind of stuff. And listen, the stuff that goes on in Hollywood is so debaucherous; it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, look, we just saw Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden wrote off prostitutes and a membership to a sex club. On his taxes. He's got a good CPA. It's good CPA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I said that on Twitter. People said, oh, do you want, pay off, you want to write off prostitutes? I was like, I'm willing to hear it out. Like, I, like if, that's, if you're that good of a CPA, there's a lot of things I could figure out to write off. But I didn't even know. I was talking yes. to Jason Buttrell, who is, is Glenn, Glenn Beck's chief researcher. I said, exactly. So like, he spent a lot of time in, in Hollywood guarding very A-list celebrities. I won't say who, but it's like, what's a sex club? Like, what, what is that? I mean, I, not like a swingers club in Houston where you right. go down there and do stupid nah. stuff. What's a sex club? And he said, he explained it to me. It's like $75,000 a year. You go and you join this thing. It's completely shrouded in mystery. In fact, the guy, that one, the one who was the president of the one that he was a member of, Hunter Biden was a member of, because he outed Hunter Biden as being a member, they kicked him out of the club. So it's sort of like, and I never saw the movie, but they said it's like that Eyes Wide Shut movie with Tom Cruise and Nicole yeah. Kidman where you put the masks on and you go in and it's a free-for-all It's part of your membership. And he goes, it's, it's just a done thing in Hollywood. You just you, Everybody's out there, these young celebrities, they come in and they're like, okay, we got to go join the club. I mean, it's sort of like living in the woodlands, you got to play golf. Right? It's, it's something that you do. And it's so weird and debaucherous. They just write it off like something that goes on. So the fact that even the Hunter Biden thing, which is still getting swept under the rug, he was a part of that world. You know that world is happening. You know it involves children. You know that it involves children. Anybody that says it doesn't involve children is absolutely lying to themselves.
0: They, yeah, they They're know.
2: lying to yeah. themselves. You don't have hundreds of thousands of kids in America alone go missing every year and then say, ah, there's, no, there's no problem with kids. You know, it's, it's a global problem. We got more slaves now in, in the world than we ever had in history, and half of those are sex slaves. So, uh, Why yes, are hundred?
0: it's it- Hundred, hundred, I think, hundred sixty thousand or so yeah. children are missing in in the United States. Not, not these aren't kids across the borders. These American, born American, American children, children that are missing. Why isn't it? <coughs> why isn't it mainstream? We should be talking about day? it.
2: And and start by exposing the stuff we already know. Who is Jelaine Maxwell's? Client list yeah. and everybody's always said well, and then they post that stupid picture of Donald Trump with his white man overbite dancing in the thing I, I don't Next, care who it and is. I'm like, I want
0: to see if Donald yeah. Trump's on it. Yeah, I don't care who it is It could be Donald Trump. It could be uh,
2: right like, whoever, I mean, I've my conversations fan with insiders yeah. to yeah. know the story of how Donald Trump justifies all that stuff I mean believe it or not billionaires do hang out with other billionaires. Uh, yeah, it I don't care who's in, Whoever's on the list. It, needs he's to... on that list. I want to yeah. see it. Yeah, and, and it was, it was, I, We, we, we we can put together a wood chipper for him too if that's the case. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Because uh, again, I'm not worshiping at any, guy, at any guy's altar. No. And, and if that's what's happening, look, I got four kids. I got four kids. They're not kids anymore. They're older now. Mm-hmm. And um, they're good kids, man. They're super smart. They're accomplished. I've got two that are out of college, I've got two that are in college, and they, they went to college with the right ideas. They knew why they were going. Uh, I didn't want some, you know, unprincipled progressive that spent his entire professorship tenured under an academic mm-hmm. bubble pushing papers around on a desk and never testing his wild-eyed theories in the real world, brainwashing my kids. So I said, this is what you're going to encounter. If you come home at Thanksgiving and you want to have, you know, Thanksgiving dinner and you tell me why Bernie Sanders would make a good president, AOC has good ideas, I'm probably going to beat your ass. But yeah. I, I don't, we're not going to do that. But if you get into that, let's have that conversation. Right. Let's, let's talk about that. So I hope that I taught them to think critically before I sent them into the lion's den. And they've come out and they've done well. My, my 17-year-old son, he's, he's ranked in the top 10. He has been since he was 12 in mathematics nationwide. I called him recently. I said, he's in college. He's a prodigy. I don't even know what that word means, but it pays for his tuition. And I said, and I said what, what do you, what'd you do this weekend? He goes, I, I just won a cybersecurity competition. I was like, what, is that, what does that mean? What does that mean? He explained through this whole stuff and it just blows my mind this kid's this smart. And I'm looking at these kids and I'm going, I'd do anything anything for these kids. Anything for these kids. But I hope that at the end of the day I taught them a value system. And even before right and wrong, because because what's right for you and me may be different things, right? Mm-hmm. But if I value something, so for instance, if I value human life, I'm not going to pursue an abortion if I find myself in that situation. If I value, you know, if I value my relationship with God, I'm not going to go out there and just throw my life around with any, you know, short-term convenience and and pleasure. And and so I'm, I'm... Try to you know teach those kids. My my twenty three year old daughter. She called me a year and a half ago. She's a professional dancer, like legitimately, not not like mm. Hunter Biden's tight, not TikTok, but like, like she's yeah, not that kind of <laughs> stuff. But she's classically trained, professional dancer. I actually went to a university to to train, and so uh, she called me up and she said, "Listen, I um, got a job offer." She, and I said, "Who's it with?" Because she was with all these other troops. She was up looking at Broadway, Radio City Music Hall, all these places, and she goes, "Well, it's with Disney," and I said. Okay, let me hear. And she tells me the deal. I said, well, it sounds like a good job. And I said, don't let them turn you transgender. You know, I said that <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. She's like, you got nothing to worry about there. So she toured for a year. Uh, she was Elsa in Frozen for Disney on Ice. And so she had a lead part doing that. She was about to do, that was the East Coast. She's about to do the West Coast starting in September. So she'll be on the road for another year. And I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because she's going to be exposed to a lot. She's going to sure. be exposed to a lot of things. She's going to travel with the same 130 people in a crew. There's mm-hmm. going to be people from all walks of life, and particularly in that world, dance and arts, most you're going to you have a lot theater, of add with, a theater. Add a
0: theater, had a theater daughter.
2: A lot of stuff. You're going <laughs> to yeah. be exposed to a lot yeah. of stuff. So we'll we do these little checkups every now and then. You know, how are you doing and what's going on? Anything you need to talk about? And she's navigated it well. So I say this long stuff to say, as a parent, which I think is the most important thing you can be in the world. As a parent, you've got to teach your kids to think critically. Teach them they're not always going to be right. In fact, I think the first step of, of, of critical thinking is you ask yourself in any scenario, say, how am I wrong? Right. And you go from there. But, but the idea that somebody out there wants to, whether it's a teacher mm. or anybody, a pastor, anybody that wants to cause any form of harm towards my children, mm. that, that's a next level violence that rises up inside of
0: me. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a
2: parent. And, and so when, then they say, well, you need to be quiet about it. I, I'm not going to be quiet no. about it because I know there's the Epsteins of the world that are out there.
0: Do you think our culture today is, is where it is because of lack of critical thinking or because of passivity?
2: And That's a good question. Uh, um, you know, somebody asked me, I was doing a show in Charlotte, North Carolina a few years ago, and I did a little Q&A meet and greet before the show with about 60 people, and somebody raised their hand and they said, do you think we'll ever have a civil war? And I said, no. I said, we're too lazy. <laughs> too lazy. We, if, maybe if they schedule the battle about two in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, because yeah. most of these kids, they're playing. you call of duty. Like this. We could do. It, we could do it some
0: more on Call of Duty. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, um, so passivity is a, a good one. People just don't care. And people um, know,
0: right? You know,
2: you. But you're you, not. It's not enough to and do. And do that's anything a about biblical it. principle. You knew what was right to do, and you chose to not do it. Right. And somebody asked me the other day at that event I spoke at. She said. Um, she stood up in a q and, and she said, I, I just don't I I don't know what we're gonna do. It's not getting any better. I said, Well, it depends on how you look at it. I said, I said, look at the last four years. Look at four years ago, seven years ago, what you didn't know versus what you know today. Yeah. More stuff is being exposed. I said, for instance, I said, everybody in this room probably voted for George W. Bush. I said, if you're anything like me, you don't like George W. Bush anymore. Yeah,
0: I, I, man, <laughs> I, said, I, I voted for him. I went to combat like, yeah, I'll do anything that guy wants me to like yeah. when I went to Afghanistan. I was like so like, yeah. committed to my commander in chief. And now I, I wouldn't even want to shake his hand.
2: 100, percent because you look at it and you're like, okay, w- I got fooled by the deep state. This is yeah. all a big government shill. Where there, it's a uniparty thing. That's my opinion, not the opinion of uh, state. I, I share. I share. But, it. but if it's a uniparty I it. system, I mean, it's WWE. <laughs> These guys, they get in the ring and they go at it, and then they go eat the same steak dinner in the same limo.
0: I, when I go down to Congress, and t- uh, you know, I've been, you know, I go down testify before congress or do these caucus meetings and stuff like that i go down there and i see them uh and they're they're hanging out having coffee together oh, drinking yeah. tea together i'm Good like old boys. i'm like are you kidding me like i hate that guy like i like that guy <laughs> that guy is and i, I mean that And i know a lot of christians be like oh you i i hate that guy that guy stands for every, every, everything yeah. everything evil that is uh, that uh we are fighting against in this world that guy stands for and and i would I would never I've set heard across. You speak, I've heard nah. you speak,
2: and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this, but I've heard you speak about how, like, okay, I, how can I be a Christian and still be a warrior, right? And, yeah. and how do I exchange those two things? Um, because if I'm going to be a warrior, that's going to kind of violate how I feel as a Christian, as a believer. Yeah. But then you realize I was created to be a warrior and it doesn't violate my God's, faith.
0: I mean, when you're standing on the side of truth and righteousness, God's called people to stand up and be violent against yeah.
2: evil. And, uh,
0: and, you know, it's a, it's a lie, yeah. I believe, of the enemy from, from hell that Satan will, Satan will lead especially men to think, oh, if I'm going to be a Christian, I have to be passive. I can't be aggressive. I can't say things that are offensive. It's the opposite of that.
2: Well, I, I always encourage people when I have an opportunity, I say, go back and, um, I say, go back and read your Bible, but read the parts that you didn't highlight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the feel-good <laughs> verses, the Philippians 4.13, those are great. But then when yeah. Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Yeah, uh, understand what that means. Now, people will say we're
0: radical for saying that, like yeah. we're a bunch of the yeah right-wing extremist Christians that are. But I mean, we have to stand up for what's righteous. Yeah. And uh, and and one of the things right now, more than ever, anything that I'm gonna stand up for, I know you have, <laughs> is the children. I mean, yeah. I mean, and they've come across, they've come at them in every angle you can imagine. I mean, in the libraries, in in the in the schools, in the education system, and the and this, this is not new, but. The level of aggression towards our children, the vaccines, everything. I have a clip. I have a clip. I want to play for you? We haven't even talked about this before, but I just. I mean, it, it is this pastor who stands up in front of a school board meeting yeah. and calls them out for the filth that they're putting in front of our kids. This book here. It's called "It's Perfectly Normal." I'll read some of this for you. It says,
3: after a bit, a person's it becomes moist and slippery and the clitoris becomes hard after sir, a bit I, a person becomes gonna, erect stiff me. and larger pa- sometimes p- a bit of clear Pastor. fluid that may contain the two sperm comes out of the tip of the and makes Pastor. it wet
2: can we sir i'm sorry I-
3: was it something i said If you don't want to hear it in a school board meeting, why should children be able to check it out of the school system? We have perverts that are perverting our kids. And you all sit back smug in your chairs, but you don't want me to read it. Why? Does it bother you? Yes or no? You can't answer that question. You want to know why? Because politically speaking, you can't say that it's wrong. And you don't want me to read the filth because it exposes the truth. How dare you tell me to stop reading it? If you don't want to hear it, why should the children have to see it?
2: Pastor, your time is, is the time is up. Thank you.
3: That makes two of us.
0: Yeah, that makes two <laughs> I love of us. That guy. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, this I, is this speaking up. Like we as as Christians, as 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 men, as conservatives, this is the yeah. this is the fight we need to be in.
2: So I have a copy of that book. I don't know if you've seen it. It's... it's the lewd. pictures are hurt. It's her- lewd. I mean, it, and it's not... Like, even the, even the topics that are in there, as bad as they are, they really went to great lengths to make the pictures and illustrations, and they're very provocative. Very provocative. And that, in the book, on the cover, says for ages 10 and up. For ages right. 10 and up. Um, you know, I got exposed to things... Listen... We all did as guys. I mean, we, we, when you're a kid, you, we, everybody had that playboy that was out there, mm-hmm. you know, been soaked in the rain, hiding in a bush in the woods somewhere out there. And it was like, oh, it, you know, it, it, the but dumb I, things that we exposed yeah, ourselves yeah. to when we're kids, because, because you were kids, you're dumb. You yeah. do dumb things. Kids are dumb. And we're going to actually go out there and say, hey, we're, we're going to educate you in this mm-hmm. in a way. And it's very perverse. Again, I go back to where we started. They're
0: not trying to educate in traditional sexual... No, no, they're
2: trying to indoctrinate and brainwash is what they're trying to do. This is is
0: anal sex. This is same-sex engagement.
2: I mean, there's a page in there that literally talks about the various ways you can grow out your pubic hair. How the presentation of pubic hair on a female is going to be different for different individuals. And they illustrate the whole thing out. Tell me why a 10-year-old needs to know that. There's no reason whatsoever that a 10-year-old needs to be dealing with an opposite sex anatomy. But they do that in, in both cases in that.
0: And even at, even though it's it's rated 10, it's in a library that
2: and so people, a seven-year-old people people do, you, do, you, do you tell people on the show like where you're located and what area you're yeah, in? Yeah, you're yeah. You're in Texas. Yeah. We're in Texas, right yeah. Montgomery County, yeah. Texas. Okay, so the Montgomery County School Board mm-hmm. here, I had a lot of people who pushed back because I exposed a lot of this book and some others, and people said, well, uh, that's not in our library. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. The state of Texas has something called an online digital resource library. You go on that online digital resource library, that is recommended reading for school aged children in the state of Texas. You will find that book. That book. If you don't find the physical copy in your school's library, in Montgomery County, which, by the way, voting wise, has been one of the most conservative counties mm-hmm. in Texas, uh, it's has there. some of the most. Nonsensical stuff. The stuff I found in the libraries here. It, I've ordered numerous of these books. There's various things that really walk you through the process from a from a fictional standpoint. There's one book in the in the uh, in the Conroe Library about. A little, a little girl who is having some confusion issues. You know, we're already where that's going to go. Yep. She encounters a ghost in her house. It's the ghost of her dead gay uncle who died at the age of 29. And the ghost comes back and helps of her AIDS walk probably. through. The ghost walks her through the process of transitioning into becoming uh, an eighth-grade boy. Mm. And this is in the school library. Sounds a little demonic. It's the- very. I mean, I mean no, no, you're not even <laughs> going to talk about the biological aspect. You're right. going to take it into a spiritual realm. which is I mean, crazy. And, and
0: this is what this pastor, by the way, I mean, he's the hero of me. I love like, it. I dude. mean, that every pastor in Montgomery County on Sunday morning should be talking about this in their schools. In yeah. educating their, their congregation, this, as, as a parent, you need to know this is in our schools and we need to speak out.
2: Yeah.
0: Why has that become political and has scared these pastors in a in silence. Yeah. You know, Glenn, you know, we're both friends with Glenn Beck and, and David Barton, and and they do that congressional pastors conference every mm-hmm. year. I got to speak at it last year. And and and, and it it's pro- when I got when Glenn and David asked me to go speak at it, I didn't really even know what it was. But when I found out, I'm like, this is amazing. This is like members of Congress and Glenn and, and Dave and, and I got the chance to participate in it to educate these pastors on what they actually can and can't say. They're terrified. They think that if they say something that's political, they're gonna lose their pulpit because they've been, they've, been they've been scared into it and they actually believe it and don't take the time to educate themselves to know the power they have on that pulpit to say whatever their congregation needs to hear and speak against this stuff yeah. and they're, they're too cowardly to get up and say it.
2: Well, you know, I, I went to the University of Georgia then I went to seminary and out of seminary I pastored for almost 10 years. I was not a good pastor, let me just say that, because I'm not a pat your bobo kind of, yeah. like I'm not the kind of guy that wants to help you understand your problems, yeah. I'd rather fix them. Yeah. People don't want that, because if they get their problems fixed, they lose their identity, they don't know who they are anymore. Yeah. Like they've been relying on their victimhood for so long, and now all, they're fixed, and they're like Dang We
0: God. always say ministry would be easy if it weren't for people.
2: If it weren't for people. I'm, I was not a good shepherd. I'm a, I'm a great speaker, orator, whatever, and I'll I'll bottom line it for you. Um and they didn't like me so much as a <laughs> pastor, because I was this guy who was like, I'm going to call these issues out, these social issues out. I mean, if Jesus says, this is better for you that a millstone be hung around your neck than you to lead one of these little ones astray, I think that's a fair warning that we yeah. ought to pull some people back from from what eternity holds for you. I mean, Jesus was pretty extreme in things when he said, listen, a couple." of Cold water offered in my name is going to wash on the shores of eternity. Something yeah. so simple like that. Well, if I'm in any way threatening to harm a child, I might want to get a speed bump along the way.
0: I'll tell you, if, if you have a, a platform to speak on this, and I believe everyone does, yeah, whether it's one person or, or thousands of people, and every pastor does and has a responsibility, if you, if you have the opportunity to speak on this and you don't, silence, <laughs> silence is complicity, in yeah. my opinion. You're silent about this. You're
2: complicit. Yeah. But, but people are going to call you those names. Yeah. Just go ahead and just go ahead and take the name. You're going to be a bigot. You're going to be a misogynist. You're going to be a homophobe. You're going to be a xenophobe. Uh, all the transphobe. You're all the phobes. You're scared of everything. Yeah. And just go ahead and take the name and keep speaking the truth.
1: Yeah, and that's a good we point. I, I think that's a huge point, Chad. That people don't realize is if you join the, if you decide to join this fight, which we need people yeah. to do so, <laughs> you better be ready to 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 fight. You're going to you can go take forward. some hits. Yeah, you're going to take some hits. You know. And yeah, yeah.
0: I've never been in a never been in a fight that hadn't.
1: You didn't take any damage. Didn't you take damage, like you be be hit. yeah. yeah. it's, it's not a fight if you don't. I, I
0: you take know? that back. Joe Sandoval 2000 2012.
1: Yeah, actually Sunday. I, I fought 50, Sunday. 50, 58 I, seconds. I, I took zero yeah. damage. So. Sorry,
0: Joe. Uh, <laughs> I didn't take any Call damage. Called him out. I didn't yeah. take any damage. Yeah. Called him out. <laughs> yeah, I just fought
1: Sunday and and I, I feel pretty good. So so maybe not. But in this <laughs> <Never> in this <laughs> realm, in this realm, you're
3: gonna, you're gonna, get you're gonna, gonna take some hits. You're gonna get hit.
1: We have to speak with compassion, as you guys have always covered. And, and love, you know, yeah. and, and as long as that drives the conversation, uh, then I think we'll actually get more progress in the end
3: for yeah. sure.
0: Matt, we got, you're a neighbor
2: here, so we got to get you back on. I want to go eat again. barbecue or something. <laughs> when you said I don't come to the barbecue. Let's go. Let's go eat. Let's go I eat. Know. Well, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. I appreciate you having me on. It really uh, does mean a lot. I love you guys are doing a great thing and, and I've always been a supporter of Mighty yeah. Oaks and, and anything you guys are doing, I'm behind. And, and if I can ever do anything to promote it, let me know. I appreciate you always, man. I appreciate yeah, man. your your voice and thank what you you're doing,
0: and uh, over at the blaze. And yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. So, Chad Prather, staying dangerous.